Welcome back, everybody, to episode 10 of the Precision Unloaded podcast, New Zealand's 37th most popular sports podcast. I'm your main host, Graham, and I'm here with your my co-host, Mark, once again. How are you, Mark? I thought we'd like the Green Party, Graham. We're co-leaders, but there you go. Oh, co-leaders! Oh no! Hey, you can be you can be the main host. I'll be the co-host. Nah, that's no, fine. You, you can finish the intro. <sighs> Nothing gets ever achieved by committees, Graham. You you, you run the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, how are you, Mark? We've hmm. uh, haven't seen each other for two or three days now. Good. Recovered from the weekend, so yes, um, yes. Which, for those who don't know, is the Hatiti Long Range shoot, PRO shoot. So it was good. Um, been tidying up, shifting stock around, what's the carry on? So, um, yes. still a bit of gear to pack up. So, um, <clears throat> which people once they've been around, they realise how much setting up and take pulling down these things are. But anyway, <laughs> it's yep. good. We've got heaps of time to do it. I'm not in no, no hurry. So, yeah, no. So it's, as you said, we had the, the our sort of biggest event of the year for us. Um, uh, yeah, once I got home on Sunday night, I was pretty knackered, and uh, more on that afterwards. I wasn't able to actually go back to work afterwards due to a few things, but we'll talk about that when we when we get through the event a bit more. But um, yeah, so like you said, we've still got a little bit of pack up to do, which is um, planned for this weekend, and uh, no doubt we'll leave a few targets out, um, do a little bit of practice here and there. But yeah, a big. Not just three days, really. It was four days if you had in the weekend before, and then all the other prep and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's it, it, the event. I'm not gonna say it went off without a hitch because it was a hitch called COVID nineteen, but other than that, it went. It was a fantastic success. Uh, we had good numbers of shooters. Um, how the weather played ball. We had a bit of wind to make it tricky. Um, the long range shootout on the Friday night went well. Uh, the setup went well. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a big achievement for us. It was the biggest event we've ever run. <clears throat> Quite possibly the biggest precision event in the North Island ever. I may be wrong, but as far as I know, it is. Um, but to be honest, I'm kind of glad it's over now because I can sort of stop going to bed at one in the morning and chasing things and setting up and yeah, yeah. But now the team came together and the volunteers were great. So we had people come in, so it worked well. Um, I'm glad you picked up my idea to go to two days so it makes it just opens it up it was good to see a lot of unfamiliar faces on sunday so and a few on saturday so good extra new shooters coming through so it was good and the weather was consistent both days i would say pretty similar both days wind wise so you know i I think it was a pretty level level playing field which is you never know but um you know next year will be completely crap weather but it's just Murphy's law, <laughs> isn't it? So, but no, yeah. even even I don't know. So, just after the mile shootout, when I said, you know, is this well worth it event in terms of doing this again? And everyone was pretty without hesitation. Was like, yep, great, let's do it again. Yeah. So, and that was yeah. It. So for those who haven't caught on, obviously this episode is going to be sort of majority of it centered around yeah. uh, sort of the event. Um, now it could differ in, uh, in some ways from other podcasts that. We not only competed, we also planned, um, set up, executed the event, along with help from uh, GPRE, obviously, we'll touch on that, and a, and a big team of volunteers. Yeah. So, some of the people aren't really into the, the the shooting sort of podcast, they'd rather tech stuff, but this is what we're going to do in this episode. So, I guess we can maybe just go day by day and yeah. talk what happened and the problems we had and 
stuff. So we had uh, the previous weekend um, leading up to the event, I spent a couple of days up at your property. Um, one day, me and Angus were up there rebuilding targets and just getting everything laid out. And then, um, so that was only about a half a day. And then I think we went shooting for a few hours. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, we did actually, didn't we? <laughs> and then we went and played a play at a thousand, um, which was fun. And then, so the following Sunday, we, um, uh, who was it? It was me, you, Angus, and Simon. Darren. And Darren, sorry, I can't forget Darren. So we got to work. Um, so Simon Gillis from GPRE, you hear us mention him all the time. And obviously, if, generally, if you follow us, uh, you know who he is. Um, he's the sort of guru, the master when it comes to this stuff in the North Island. He'd made a, um, a extensive plan on where targets were going to be using Google Maps, so we could actually locate um, target positions via the GPS on our phone, which was quite handy. So we all sort of um, split up and and spent the uh, the whole day um, laying out steel and waratahs and. Um, Racing back, double checking that you can see them from the shoot positions. Uh, yeah, I think I left in the end by seven pm that night. After yep. quite a bit of digging. After a long. Yep. As well. Yep. So basically, building <clears throat> some splash or backstop on the K target and making yeah, sure that's, that's right. I forgot you did right. that. Yeah. Yep. But it was helped that we had ten days at least without rain by then, so there was quite a bit mm. of. Um, when you miss it, your misses tend to show, show up, even in the grass, they were flicking up dust, so that was good. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's actually amazing how much time can be eaten up laying out targets. Um, your farm's extremely easy to get around, but it's also a bit of a maze when it comes to yeah what gate to take because of the uh, the small gullies that run through it. You're learning um, after three years. Yeah, I still get lost, but <laughs> thankfully the aerial, the, the GPS was good. But just shut the um, gates, all right? That yeah, that one time, <laughs> first time I've done. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, that went well for going bad. <laughs> no, so um, you you find you think, oh yeah, we're getting through this pretty good, and then you check your watch again, and you're another two hours down the road, and drastically needing to take in some more water after um. Hanging out all that steel. But anyway, we got all that done, got all that painted. Um, so after the um, the Sunday weekend before, I think we only had what we thought was a few jobs left to do the following Friday. Yeah. Uh, so the thing about the Friday, it was um, the remainder of setup. Uh, it was setting out all the props and um, the stage numbers, etc., on the firing line. Uh, but we also had the long range challenge to uh, uh, to prepare for and execute on the Friday night. So that was a, um, we had a 1000 meter target. That was a 300 millimeter, um, diamond, no square, sorry. Square. square. Yeah. Hanging square. Square. Yeah. Doesn't, it does make a difference. Um, at just a, just a shade under a thousand meters. And then we had a 600 millimeter square at one, just over 1.6 kilometers, um, shot from two different angles. Um, so that could be run consecutively. Uh, so we had to get all that ready as well as finish off. Um, again, we had a few targets to change and move. Uh, we had all the numbers to go out by each target. So every steel target has an ID number. Um, and then all the props. And it ended up dragging on to a reasonably busy day. We weren't flat out. Um, but we certainly had plenty to do. And um, by the time the long range challenge rolled around it, which we kicked off at 5pm, I was actually quite bloody knackered, to be honest. Yeah. 
um, but yeah, the, the long range. Now this is this is the big new thing for us is, is this um, this long range shootout. So uh, there's not a lot of avenues in the North Island to competitively shoot some of these um, longer range precision rigs. The stuff that's uh, a bit big for practical shooting, um, you know, isn't your three three eight Lapuas or three hundred normal mags or three seven fives or whatever. So we, <clears throat> you and I talked about this quite a long time, didn't we? And then we, yeah. So we, we thought we'd do an event, a side event that hopefully wouldn't be too much work, and and it wasn't. Um, we definitely didn't think we'd get the, as many people turning up as we did. Um, we had over thirty competitors on the Friday night, which. Um, I thought we might have 15. So, yeah, I'm pretty, actually, I'm pretty happy with how it went. How, how do you think it went, Mark? No, it was good. Another good idea for myself. <clears throat> You're full of them. <laughs> so I just got to remind you of these things. I do have an idea now yeah. again. No, 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 no. Um, no, no, I thought it was excellent because it gives people a chance. It's it's gonna, They know it's going to be prone. They know they can get the, their rig set up for a K or a mile. Do both. You had Magnum, non-Magnum, um, there's plenty of time to get into it. Um, I thought the rules were fine. So you basically had <clears throat> your first three shots, there was no calls. Um, and then after that, you basically got feedback on what was happening. So, you know, if you're not on. But it's the whole th- whole point is you should have enough backstop to be in the roundabouts of the target straight away. So, um, which makes it, you know, it's a real challenge. So... And there was a lot of missing, but that's it's a, it's a freaking long way, and it's a smaller target than we normally shoot at those. Just you know, when we're we're mucking around or practicing, we're certainly shooting bigger targets at those ranges. So, and and the couple of bits of practice that I had, um, I would have certainly said I would have hit a larger plate, you know, two hundred larger plate, a lot more often than I was dancing around a three hundred millimeter plate at a K. So. That you really yep. had to be on, yeah. So it just showed how the limitations of my setup. So it's back yep. to the drawing board, but um, <clears throat> no, I, I thought everyone, yeah, it went well. We had a few unknowns because we hadn't done it before, so it was just um, but I, I think it gave everyone a good warm up for the weekend in a way, just uh, yeah. It, it also allowed guys to uh validate their data a little bit if you're smart to a thousand, correct, um, especially. But but so one thing, like as Mark mentioned, we had. So the first three shots, we were spotting, but we were not calling a correction. Yeah. And any other um, people who were uh, there observing were forbidden from calling correction. So the idea being that you either were that good, you hit it first time, or you corrected yourself as in, um, you know, pretty onto it. Marksmanship is the idea. And then after those three shots, you're not really in the winning anymore. In the, in the run for the winning and we'd give a correction for you we could say oh yeah, yeah. you're three mils left because the wind was pretty strong at, at one point um and so your points i think it was first round hit was five points second yeah. four third two or three yeah and then, and then it was like one point after that so yeah. to, to win you really needed to get some of those those um those impacts at the start and that certainly showed with the winners um but there, I, it was quite. I, so I, I RO'd and spotted the thousand metre section. So Mark yeah. was competing. So he was, he was a competitor in this. And then Simon Gillis, he, um, he, he spotted an RO at the one mile. Yeah. Um, oh, and I should mention straight away. Thank you to Swarovski New Zealand. 
they've supplied a whole big pile of high-end optics for us to use for this event. Yeah, four excellent um, spotting scopes, so they were great. Yeah, wicked, man. And, and thank you for Mark for chasing that up and sorting it all out too. Um, yeah, it made our life really easy having that uh, that super high-quality uh, spotting gear, especially as we're shooting in the evening and the light starts to disappear a little bit. Um, it was very easy to see what was going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... No, um, I th- I yeah. Think the one thing shooting in a mile, um, you really don't need a spotter if you if you're getting splash because by the time you're back on even with a magnum or any a large caliber you basically can see you you've got so much time <clears throat> yeah that you, you see when it lands so it, it, but still it's like anything um if you're getting no feedback in terms of can't see where you're going then you're sort of just floundering in the dark so and you know i'll tell i say i didn't hit the mile this time got about the five inches above it my last shot and that was it so um. yeah <laughs> yeah that's the job there, there was to be honest at the thousand meters <clears throat> everyone over there was very confident before i started the first shoot i know oh it was incredibly yeah. confident and and i've i've shot at those targets so the thousand meter position is weirdly harder than the mile position purely because the backstop and the winds are a little bit different um, so we generally do our thousand meter shooting at the mile. We just move forward. Um, yeah, correct. We go to the middle ground. So, yeah, yeah. So we generally ignore this other position and we just use competitions. And and man, it was hard. Like it was hard. So there was, I'd be watching guys, man, and they'd be shooting like a a perfect group, and they just weren't. You know, it was slightly out of view, or it was two or three mils left, or. Um, yeah, man, and, and everyone was full of bravado and confidence. Yeah, yeah, I'm an F-class shooter, and I'm the man, and my gun's awesome. It's a laser beam, and then afterwards, everyone's going, "Oh man, I'm I'm normally I'm normally pretty good at it. I don't know what's happened." Um, but like, to be honest, the wind started off quite strong, and as we normally get up there, um, it calmed down towards around seven thirty p.m. Yep. Um, so some shooters were a little bit uh, tactical and, and waited. Um, that's certainly what I would have done. Um, but then again, Who, so me? in the non, sorry. Who me? That was you. Oh, <laughs> um, so uh, in the non-magnum thousand meter, um, that was won by a six-five Creedmoor by my friend Joel. Uh, he managed a first-round impact, and then I think third, fourth, maybe fifth-round hits or third and fourth, pretty good. Um, but yeah, that that first-round impact really just pushed him up in the points, and then. Well, it um, showed because I, <clears throat> I had it first with my three three eight, and, uh-huh. and, that, and yep. I couldn't get it. <laughs> my next four shots missed, so and I got third <clears throat> based yeah. on that one. Yeah. Hit. So didn't you? Yeah, and then so <clears throat> there wasn't actually that many people who got more than one hit, really, or any, or any. I I, I wouldn't be, and I, I can't speak for the mile too much because I wasn't there, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see purpose built. Um, setups for this next year, as in guys getting set up and with three hundred win mags and three three eights or bigger or three hundred normal mags, which were, which were tearing up. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised because most guys were shooting like in the non magnum was essentially the comp rigs, um, which which again are fine, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see different guns brought along to specifically shoot these events which which is cool i don't care no I um, some guys were pretty wrapped to have hit it with their um rigs they were using the next day so there was 
a six mil Creeble headed a K, uh, mile, so he was two two of them. I believe he was dancing around, pretty happy. So <laughs> fair enough too. Although I'm I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I don't know who did it, but on inspection of the target, there are several sideways bullets. Ah, I was just gonna mention that. Um, Have you been over there? Yeah. So I didn't want to rain. Little, on, I didn't run a rain on your parade, but I'm gonna they, rain they, on parade. I don't know who it was. <laughs> there was some Indian, but they're little. There were indentations, and the bullet, <laughs> the bullets were sort of sideways. <clears throat> so what what I believe is it is a there are several skips, but the flashes went off and they were cool as hits. So they're bloody points. Um, well, you, it, you're, it's not, you're not going to be able to tell the difference in a mile. The flasher goes. No, off. no, it's going to skip in that quick. It's just going to look like the bullets exploded and caused the dust anyway. Um, but but still, it, it's still neat. Um, so then Anthony Colley won it in the 1,000-metre Magnum class with his um, 300 Norma, a hardy-built rifle, a very, very nice rifle. Um, yeah, so I think he went 300 first. Norma, 300 Norma Mag, tell me. I don't know a lot about it. I don't know a lot about it either. I've oh. never shot one. That is uh, maybe I'll harass. Quite, they're quite yeah. popular. Yeah, and, and I think. Overseas, I'm saying, yeah. I think the um, U.S. military might have even developed a um a battlefield machine gun in three hundred normal mag. Correct. I could be wrong. Yes, and now they cool. have. Yeah, yeah, they have. Um, Maybe we need one of those then for the competition. <laughs> what make the round count seven hundred? <clears throat> That'd be fine. Yeah. Oh, I should I should quickly mention we'll go back onto those which Sorry. guns people use. Yeah. But it was so for the one k it was five shots and for the mile it was seven shots. Yeah. Just so people get some yep. context of yep. what we're talking about. But um yeah Anthony he won the Magnum class and he. I think he dropped one shot out of the five with the normal mag. Um, but I watched him go up to the line. At a K. At a, at, this is at the K. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about him in a mile in a second. But yeah. I watched him go up to the line. Because you had... Did I give him three minutes? I did go give him three minutes and then four minutes of the mile. So yeah. they had three minutes to execute their shots. Standing start, like you would any sort of practical rifle stage. Um, the same people bugging around, setting up their gun for 20 minutes. Uh, he then, yeah, um, took his time. He adjusted his bipod perfectly. He got his natural point of aim perfect, his body positioning. Everything was perfect before he took a shot. He took the extra, say, 30 seconds, 40 seconds at the start mm. to really get himself aligned perfectly with the rifle. And then first round impact um, on that 300mm um, square. That's That's good going, man. I know we all brag and say we're really good, but... That was good, and then um, he then followed that up with several more hits, and and quite clearly took the win. And then I believe Cassie got second in the. Yeah, she robbed me. She did. So she got a two or three hits. Three hits. Three hits. Not a first round. No. But she so she was shooting a three hundred win mag or two eight four. I can't remember. One of them, either one. Mm, one of Jeff. So this is this is a. Miss Gunracks, this is Jeff from the Gunracks, lovely wife. Um, she came and uh, embarrassed the boys a bit, and I believe she did a similar thing at the mile. We ended up second in the mile as well. Um, so pretty awesome. But then as for the mile, I wasn't there, but I know um, as a David Brown, he got first in the non-magnum. He just managed, I think it was a second round impact, yeah. um, which pushed him up. And... Then in the Magnum one mile or 1.6k, we had a tie. So we had um, Anthony Colley again and we had Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, now, 
one of them had gone home by the time we realised it was a tie. So what we did the next morning, we rang everyone up and they had a shootout at 8 a.m. sharp. Um, the, 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 the rules was five rounds, but unfortunately Anthony only had three. So Lawrence was nice enough to agree to shoot three. He didn't have to. Uh, and they both got zero impacts. Uh, got close. That they were dancing, oh, dancing incredibly, around. Incredibly close. Yeah. So and um, <coughs> then there's rock, paper, scissors, a wrestle, an arm wrestle, mooted, a fight. A but fight. I, but I said, what classes you're shooting in? And I said, well, why don't you just, whoever wins today in the class you're in, takes it away. So, and at the end, it was 153 plays 150 in the practical, yes. practical class. So, yeah, um, pretty cool. Very so, nice. it, it, Instead of being an arm wrestle or paper scissors rock, um, and, and we let them decide yeah, yeah. how they were going to solve this issue, right? We didn't dictate to them. We laid out these options, like you said. There's fights and this and rock throwing competitions. The hits, hits were all on the same shot numbers too, like four, five, six, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, um, so they yeah just they went for the um, best man on the day, and um, and Lawrence won. Uh, like you said, he has one position ahead of um, Anthony. Uh, but it's cool that it was a test of marksmanship that ultimately decided who the winner was. Um, so pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, that rounded out the Friday anyway, and then we um, so what was Anthony shooting? Three hundred Norma mag. Oh yeah. And then and Lawrence was shooting a three three eight Lapua, I believe. Lapua, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Lapua on an edge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but cool. It's cool that we got some hits at um, you know out there, so we know it's sort of a viable shoot, not too hard. Um, I wasn't sure if us North Islanders would quite be ready for it. Um, not everyone can practice it, so yeah, I think I think we'll see more hits next year. That's for sure, um, and I think we'll see some even cooler guns um, brought along, which would be neat. Um, maybe even I'll build one. So yeah, we'll have a desert tech next year, Graham. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so that, that we did a small prize giving on the uh, Friday night. Obviously, uh, we, did, we couldn't award the one mile trophy. So there was a trophy for each class too. Uh, I, yep, so we got all that done. Our, our good friend Angus, the truffle pig, he uh, spent whole of the Friday, got there at the last minute to shoot the long range um, shootout, finishing the wood on the trophies. So we appreciate all the effort he put in um, making those pretty cool trophies for us. And, hey, um, I, I had to cut up with a chainsaw, so it took me a while. <laughs> cut the remo. So, yes, Mark supplied the remo. Now this was we didn't go cut down a new tree before someone called no, no. the Department of Conservation. It was, um, it was the roof. Where, where was the wood from? It was the roof. Um, the Puriora. Roof, roof beams from the Puriora native timber mill. Mm, Dismant, that's cool. Dismantled in the nineteen eighties. That was that the original mill that would have yeah. milled out all the, yeah, yeah. the native and timber then, out there. Then that's everyone, awesome. Everyone set up the trees and then they stopped the harvest milling and, and the mill was abandoned and then it got pulled down so we ended up with a lot of uh was it 10 by 2 yeah yeah um native heart remu basically so it's good stuff yeah. well i tell you what you, you wouldn't when you see it stacked up it, it doesn't look nearly as nice as what angus done to it so he um yeah he really pulled through for us there and um me me being me and um letting things get on top of me i, I didn't get him the um the steel cutouts until um i think the monday before the event so and there's seven or eight trophies all up eight trophies sorted out, ahead, yeah. sort out so so big thanks to our friend angus for sorting that shit because <laughs> yeah. man man if it was if it was me i would have just welded them to a piece of flat bar um, ordering at a time so 
but yeah so anyway so that was the Friday wrapped up and, and as you said earlier you, you sort of uh, ran it over everyone and they're all pretty keen for that to happen again yeah um, it's probably only really viable to run in the summer months so really just tagged on to that shoot um, no no and uh, <clears throat> yeah, you got the extended evenings and you got basically uh, yeah you don't want to be howling, howling gale so the evening as a as a dying wind so it's, it just makes it fine and the direction of the sun coming behind you makes mm. it easy to see the target and the yeah. the backstop so it's it's a way to go yeah so we will we will be doing that again uh, next year which should be cool um and actually of all the events we do obviously this is part of a bigger one but that's probably the easiest one for us to set up um apart from you digging furiously on the side of the hill because it hasn't um, well, it, it'll be still sort of the same setup next year when we come back it'll be still sitting there. the same targets will still be there <laughs> We really should like you know we always we always talk about spraying them out to kill the grass and we never fucking do it. Maybe oh, we should no. get onto that. No, no, we'll, we just won't, and we'll have to dig it out again next well, where year. Where was but, Leon's um, bags of lime flour? That didn't. Turn yeah, out. Leon. We, Leon was meant to put lime flour. No, that'd make the grass grow too well. True. That'd wreck us through the year. Anyway, so that 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 rounded out the Friday. Anyway, that was cool. Um, some really good shooting. Um, some guys really disappointed in their shooting as we expected there would be like a lot of excuses oh, so yeah. many excuses Heaps. god I had excuses <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even with all that extra practice eh, Mark you still only managed third but uh, what practice? unfortunately <clears throat> oh yeah sorry I'll, I'll redact that from the podcast <laughs> well, where else am I going to shoot on my own property <laughs> that is true you can't help it but practice can you I can't help it um, but yeah no, no help <laughs> so we all um at the end of the day, I would have been better off based on my previous shooting, just turning up and having a crack. So, winging it with half our starter and and half a clue. <clears throat> yeah. Nah, so well, wait a minute. So you shoot worse with practice? No, I'm just saying. I've had better, better results at the K when I've got limited round count and stuff. Whereas I'm if I'm sitting mm. there blazing away at it. I tend not to learn a lot. I don't know. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, so that, that rounded out our Friday. We, um, so, uh, the GPRE crew, they were staying down in Tongapurudu in a lovely batch. Uh, we were up at the the hut, um, us and, and, and the volunteer team, uh, and also a, a few guests, um, which was a good evening. Uh, again, Angus, Ang- Angus, he's like our father, isn't he? He cooked us all dinner. Um, and then, yeah, we all got up early the next day. Um, some more hungover than others, and yeah, the main event. One for the road crew. <laughs> one for the road crew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Um, full disclosure: I don't drink. It's everybody else. Um, I'm a. Grams of straight I'm cocaine, weird. man. To to put it <laughs> to put how Scotty put what how how did Scotty put it? You're a young man in an old man's body, <laughs> and, I, and I said. Don't you mean yeah. I'm an old man and a young man's body? That's what he he's actually like, meant. What? Yeah. He's like, what does that mean? <laughs> but he was about 15 beers deep by this point. Yeah. But anyway, um, so anyway, Saturday morning rolls around, uh, and this is the big, the big day for us, right? This is the uh, we've been looking forward to this for a year. Targets are set, stages are set. Um, the only job we had to do was uh, Scotty whipped over and grabbed the flash units off the one mile target and put them on the um it's a couple of a thousand odd meters for the main competition yeah and then other than that it was uh just getting everyone registered in 
obviously we had to do um, uh, tracing, for COVID tracing for everyone, because at the time we were in level one, at the time. And then, um, yeah, and then safety brief at 9am, we kicked off and uh, and then we're away for the day, really. I actually put a lot more uh, planning into my safety brief this time, you may have noticed. I had uh, about 3,000 words written down. Uh, we've, we've had we've put a big emphasis on how we handle rifles and what's expected of competitors with handling of rifles and negligent discharges and and, and when they can load and, and this sort of thing so we, we went over all that and um, tried to drum that into people um, I, th- I think I think we do need Graham um, a sort of <clears throat> once you've listened to 10 safety briefings you can you know be excused you can, you can opt out. Because I'm sick of hearing the same jokes, and it's just getting to me. So. Well, I tell you what. I tell you what. The winter shoot. Yeah. You do the safety brief. Can I? You can run. You can run the whole match if you want to. Oh, no, I can't do that. But I'll do the safety Why not? briefing. Because then you can't compete, eh? Hey? No, I probably don't want to compete then. So. We need. We need the practice. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, you you can take the safety brief. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just fill in the holes. And then, because Simon fills in the holes in my safety brief. No, right? he does, yeah, quite. Yeah, which is good. Cause I can see him chiming in every minute for your gaping <laughs> Correct. Uh, cor- correction, Mark is, that's not correct, Mark. <laughs> no, no, but he, he's the master at this stuff, so I always look yeah, to yeah. him for advice. And, no, no. and I and, and uh, I expect him to um, to pipe up on stuff I miss, because you've got to cover. In all, ser- like, in all seriousness, <clears throat> that yeah, you need to cover the stuff again and often there's a bit of change and subtle difference in something that's been especially in previous matches where we get stuff that's happened mm-hmm. it's about trying to reinforce certain messages um and just yeah this time is probably about making sure that safety is everyone's responsibility and the squads have to own it sort of stuff so yeah that was what i tried yeah, to push rather, yeah. rather than you know ro's doing it each individual squad in which I'd show on the Sunday, and our squad was bloody good at calling and helping each other to improve, especially on some of the newer rules. So, yeah. Mm. It's just, yeah. you got to keep hammering that, away at it. <clears throat> that is the big thing. Like, like see, we, we pushed that. Um, it's everybody's responsibility. Just because someone in your squad keeps mucking it up, you've just got to keep at them. Yeah. Nag them. Be, be, be the angry wife, you know. Um, but, again, this, we, I think we got that point across, and... Uh, some squads really embraced it. There's a couple we had to keep reminding. Um, there's a couple people had to be uh, warned they were going to get a stage DQ if they didn't um, start uh, following the uh, the bolt rule that we now have. Um, but yeah, it went pretty good. Um, so we had eight stages. So we had two on what is uh, is collectively now called Mount Doom, Mitch which Mitch. added a. Midge Mountain. Midge, Midge, Midge Mountain. The, G, the GPRE boys now call it Midge Mountain because of the family of flying ants that live on top of it. Don't bite you. They just like to crawl up your nose. No, they do actually bite you. Yeah. Eventually. Do they? Oh, I thought they were friendly. No, um, they, were, they were last but year. So, this, so when we ran the first um, RT Long Range Challenge a couple of years ago, we didn't have... There was no track over Mount Doom. It was just essentially a big hill that did nothing. Yeah. Look, steep, rugged thing. Uh, second year track went over it, so we ten were grand, then added to ten s- grand later. Yeah, best ten grand ever spent. <laughs> but this add this, so this allows us to like we play on it all the time now. But for the competition, um, 
it allows a bit of terrain to be added in and high, rather than just high shooting. angle yeah it's great yeah and um it, man it, it really uh really adds a level to that shoot obviously i'll, I'll get to sunday later but, but you and i competed on sunday yeah and um, for the first time ever at, at, at our own event um obviously big help from simon and everyone and the ro's taking over from us but man those first two stages oh, sorry the stages one and two um they add so much to that event. You got to climb the hill. You got all your heavy gear. Uh, the wind's different up there. It's there's bugs flying around. It's dry papa and rocks, and it's uncomfortable. And it's um, yeah. It's, to be honest, yes, I enjoyed all the stages, but those two were a highlight. Um, yeah. And the amount of people that moan about climbing that hill, it's fantastic. No, my highlight it's... was driving my side by side up, so I didn't have to walk. <laughs> You, you walked back down, didn't no, you? No, no, I was RO on the Saturday, so I, I drove up and... Um, <clears throat> oh, yes. Oh, yes, we're just covering Saturday. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're going Saturday still. <clears throat> and basically parked up there and gave them somewhere to shelter after they walk up and have a bit of a two-minute breather to get over the yeah. the stress. But, um, no, it certainly it just adds a bit of different stuff to it. Unfortunately for Squad 2, bravo. They have to start up there, walk all the way down, do all the stages, and come back up for the last stage. But <clears throat> they did it, and they accepted their fate, so it was good. Yes, so so the, this is a dilemma. So the previous year, uh, Squad Bravo decided to just go backwards and shoot um, stage one, which yeah. sort of puts a spanner in their works. Yeah. So this year, if uh, I put my friend Angus, our friend Angus, in charge of Squad Bravo the for fit, that reason, the talk fittest, to him. The fittest man. Yeah, like, okay, Angus ain't as young as me, but but I know I can... Tr- this is the hard thing. You've got to have people you can trust, right, to do yeah. these jobs. Yeah. And, and I know he'd do it, and I know he wouldn't moan. Like, he'd be inside, he'd be like, oh, fuck's sake, but I know he'd, he'd get it done for us. Um, and, and Angus, he gets to come shooting with us all the time, and, and, and so he gets a few advantages over other people, what he gets to do. So, um, And then I chose a relatively fit squad, so I chose the Rookie Precision guys because um, they're all in their mid-20s. I chose Johnny Primo because he tar hunts all the time, or so he tells me. So I was like, all right, you're a tar hunter, you're in that squad. And then Chris Brown, purely because I knew he would follow the rules. Um, and it was it was between them or the Army boys, uh, whether who who was squad B, but I, I went with these guys. Um, you Like you said, they had to climb the hill twice. Uh, but that's just life, I guess. Someone has to be that uh, person. I was, I'm going to be... I will admit I was under direct instructions for Simon not to be in Bravo. He did get that advantage, being a uh, a major part of organising. He oh. did get to state um, that yeah. he would be squad one, so he had the nicest day. He got to start on stage one and then walked back through the course of fire. Also, yeah. my wife was in that squad and, and the girls, so I um, obviously wanted to be nicest to them. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so anyway, you had two stages on the hill, uh, reasonably difficult stages. Uh, especially stage two is particularly difficult um, well, for the, all the classes. The 117 metre target there, which is a standing downhill shot for the hunter class, it's mm. always the least hit target, basically, of, of the entire day. So. Oh, yeah, you throw a standing and um, it really buggers people up, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's why we have it there. And then you went back down to the main range for stages um, three through eight. Yeah. Uh, so we had three with longs, which wasn't too bad for Hunter, uh, but for us in practical or open class, yeah. it was particularly hard. Definitely. Um, there's a dead zone, but 
between about six and, <laughs> and then eleven fifty, is that? Yeah. Um, there's a dead zone on the main range through there between like seven hundred and a thousand meters, where a hill sort of blocks most of the topography. Um, so you sort of go from that seven hundred fifty meter band all the way up to a K and a bit of a jump. So the long range was long range. Um, and then you had the tyres, which were quite an awesome stage. It took some real planning on how you were going to execute the stage. Uh, you had to do it in a certain order. Well, you could choose your order, but there was an order to it. That was fun. And then, but also very hard. Heaps of complaints about that, which is good. And then one of my, probably my favourite stage of the day was um, stage five, which was a, a learn your limits. Bank it. Yes, it was called bank it. So... Learn your limits, which is targets. Most of you know what it is. It's target. They start at 500 mil, or maybe 400, 500, anyway. And they slowly progress down to like 100 millimeters, going down 100 mil each time. Yes. Uh, now, being a learn your limits, if you missed, you did not have to go back to the start. You could just continue engaging the target you're on. And once you could hit it, you could move to the next smallest target. Now, the, the, okay, that's pretty normal, right? You see this all over the world, different comps. It's a pretty standard stage. So you had a minute and 30 seconds to engage your targets, but before your time was up, you had to run directly behind you. Must have been about 30 metres all up, I yep. guess, 40 metres? Yeah, 30. Maybe 40 metres? 30. Halfway along as a camo net, saggy camo net, you had to crawl under, touch a peg, run back, crawl back under the camo net, and then run back to your shoot position and touch a marker at where you started, essentially. This is inside your minute 30. So if you ran over in your time shooting and you could not run, touch the peg, and come back, which we call banking your points, you lost all your points. So it was a... Um, people wonder why we do these things. Uh, first of all, it's a, a lot of it's time management, so you've got to... You've got to take calm, collected, smart shots and know when your time is up, when to run. You've got to get under that net quickly, come back all inside your time, right? So it's all about time management and, and keeping calm and um, and I guess being a little bit fit. Um, yeah, but yeah, if, so that, if, you, that if, actually... you, if you're slower, for those people that have complained, um, <clears throat> you just shoot faster and run run earlier and that that's, that's the time management part of it is actually giving you exactly. some time so now we allow squads to um help each other to a certain extent uh with spotting and such but it was no different for this your squad was allowed to give you a um a 40 second warning or whatever you wanted and then a 30 like run now you, you could say like no, you listen mark give me on 30 seconds say run right now um and then you, you get up and run so uh, i've seen a lot of people time out get zeros um but it was cool. It was fun. Um, I think it was quite a handy way of uh, altering the the learn your limits or the know your limits by throwing that in that in there to make it a lot harder. And um, the hunter class had a similar one. They had to run at the start, come back, engage three targets, run again if they had time. Now they didn't lose their points either. They had to run again, get back, and then they could engage the last target which is worth quite a bit more points if they had time yeah but by this point you're, you're quite tired and it's a smaller target which is we said to um, our two hunters just basically three hunters um just engage the first three after mm -hmm. running and then yep. i'd say flag the last bit 
and yeah, they get, tried. get the solid points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They tried, but basically, yeah. most of them only made it back to the net. We was like, you only got ten seconds, and it's like, so so that was cool. And then, and then we had after that, we had a new stage, which is called the trench. So, um, you graciously, there's a sort of a bit of a knob in the paddock. You dug a bit of a hole in, a bit of a trench uh, for us, um, which was very fun. Uh, being a uh, being a small child at heart, or as Scotty put it, a um, a young man in an old man's body. Um, <laughs> Uh, we had we dug an army trench right and then the stage was no bipod so uh, with the idea being that back in the first world war when our ancestors fought they didn't have bipods on their 303s so neither do you so you were allowed to use a small bag uh, there's a bit of grass in front of you and then you had to engage um a dead rat or something a dead, dead, dead rat um and you had to engage some no shoots so uh we're gonna be political how i talk about these um it's, there's a target um that you need to engage but in front of it there's two uh targets that you cannot hit and if you hit the targets in front which are obscuring your main target you will get a minus um, a, a penalty essentially 10 points um yeah, yeah minus 10 with, and you can only go to a maximum of zero you can't um go any lower than that but yeah so that was that was another hard stage that went and then that went to after that was the sticks so instead of building or using like a tank trap or an a-frame like we normally would uh you chopped a big pile of manuka for us, and we built a, um, a contraption. How to explain what it looked like? But a series of limbs everywhere, and uh, verticals and horizontals, and um, so essentially an organic barricade, I guess you'd call it. That was anything but straight. It was all lumpy and knotty and and, and cool. Um, again, another stage where you required a lot of planning, and then after that was the rooftop. Um, which has been a standard for us since day one. Uh, yeah, and then so... No shorts. Don't wear... Yeah, this is... Okay, if you're shooting RTD events, don't wear shorts. I say this every year, but get yourself some good lightweight pants. Um, the rooftop is brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's got... So I've, I've got mesh on it for the idea that if it's raining, I don't want Attraction. people slipping over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a cheese grater. <laughs> it's awesome. And I, and I always get a couple of complaints, but I never change it. And I probably never will, to be honest. Um, unless WorkSafe pack is sad. No, but yes, so, so, yeah, exactly. So that's the eight stages. So um, we had 49 competitors on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, day went off without a hitch. Uh, we had one... Oh, no, something bad did happen. Not bad. What is bad? We had a negligent discharge. So this is being a topic for us. Um, a, a, safe, a sort of internal um, thing we've been trying to work out how to deal with for a while. Um, and so we went over with competitors, what's expected of them. So we had a ND, but now because we have the rules, um, we use the GPRE rules that you only close your bolt when you're on target or pretty close to target, so within a metre of target or so. Uh, the, the competitor closed the bolt on target and his finger touched his trigger, setting a round off. He then straight away, keeping the rifle point straight, turned his head off the rifle to the RO. I've just had a negligent discharge. The RO confirmed, yes, I've seen it. And they took it upon themselves to um, give him a stage DQ themselves. Now, we would have preferred, we talked to them afterwards, we were, what we expected them was to come and get us and we'd make that decision. Um, but they did handle it well and, and the people who it happened to, I trust, 
Uh, I've known them for a long, quite a long time. Um, but so they did handle it well internally. We, we'd prefer that it be our issue to make that decision. Um, so we didn't find out till the end of the match, which is fine. Uh, not fine, but it's they handled it well. Is, is the way I'm going to leave it. At least they dealt but, with it. Yes, they they dealt, and and the competitor did not try to hide it. The squad did not try to hide it. So yeah. we made it very clear at the start of the day if there's an ND and we were not made aware of it and it was hidden from us and we found out later on that uh, that person and potentially their squad would be banned um, due to the significant um, safety aspects of it and if, they, if they're not going to report it they obviously don't make take safety seriously so yeah but but it, we got there in the end with it so that was probably our biggest thing but due to them following the closing the bolt rules we now have it was a the bullet landed in a safe location. Um, so, uh, yeah, due, yeah. So it, it went good for going bad, uh, if I'm articulating that correctly. Uh, other than that, I think that was our biggest issue with the day was that one ND. Um, yeah, anything comes to mind for you? It went pretty well, I think, for Saturday. No, on top of the hill, I was, the squads were pretty proactive. Um the bolt rules they were focusing on and we're getting most of the time fine um a bit of free recoil fake prone shooting sort of crap which yep. i'm gonna sort out some stage I'm, gonna ban, I'm just gonna ban it i'm yeah. like just cinder i'm just gonna start banning everything i don't like <laughs> sorry no politics in the podcast yeah, anyway exactly. um I, I i now i have got in my hot little hands i've got to get this distributed to all the competitors a series of photos of someone's rear bag right down the hill <laughs> and then and then the range being closed and a competitor having to climb down the hill what happened there oh was that photograph was it <laughs> there is there is photos of it <laughs> <laughs> um it was one of those ridiculous well that's my mind but you know like a squidgy beanbaggy looking thing square thing mm. and it was super light so and I could see it was going to bugger off down the hill with the breeze. You know, so they handed it back and it was sitting there and then it just disappeared down the hill. So it was trying to head towards the bottom. Eventually stopped. And luckily there was no squad on the next, on stage two. So I said, well, once you're all finished shooting, we'll close it and someone can go down and get it. So away they went. Um, but normally, if there's another squad down the other end, they'd have to bugger off and leave it there for the day. So... So. I I was actually hoping it was still there and I'd just go up and keep it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, they're just lucky that um, uh, you were there. To My other observation was people, range people, people were hoovering up brass like uh, like it was gold. So, which is sort of the present state of things with limited access to certain components. People are pretty keen to keep a hold of all their um brass. So. Which is fine. On the hill, it's a bit difficult because often it flings its way down slightly. So, yes, the. Uh... But anything with any extra discoveries were were quickly grabbed by people. So you know, the occasional bit of sarco brass or. Did Angus come away with a full bag of brass? Like he did at <laughs> Do you he, remember that bag he pulled out? He was on the Sunday. He's like one of those guys selling peanuts at the baseball. He's got this tr- <laughs> tray of bar- different brass that he's hoovered up over the day saying anyone want your, your brass do you want your brass we, we shot so we shot um how tapu a month ago yeah um and on the end of the sunday it was a much smaller event on sunday and one of the boys said oh bloody hell i lost two um 260 
cases. And so Angus goes, oh yeah, and he goes to the back of his truck, opens it, pulls out this, it's like a big glad bag, but imagine a shopping bag, the old shopping bags before they got banned, yeah. like free recall. And this thing's got to have like 600 cases in it, I'm not even kidding. And he tips them out on the back of his ute, and about two seconds later he goes, oh yeah, here's your brass. He, he collected so much brass, it was unbelievable. Um, well, I don't think he would have had the same luck at uh, TD, being that he's probably not as hard to lose brass there. He didn't but, have um, much of mine. No, well, that's true. He would have picked up, what, 50 of mine, 100 of yours, <laughs> and then the ones at Hautapu. So, yeah, um, funny, but, yeah, yeah that, that was a laugh. Anyway, back back to the Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it went pretty well. We actually flowed we, in, the, in the competitors' um, the safety brief in the morning. We put a huge emphasis on squads um, moving, right? Keeping keeping the, um, the the stages flowing, and so each squad, uh, I put someone in charge of each squad. Essentially, um, people I knew or I'd shot with, or people I knew could understood how we wanted things done. As in, someone's shooting, someone's getting ready to shoot, someone's spotting, someone's scoring, and then there's there's one guy he'll be getting ready to. So there's always someone ready to go. There's never much more than sort of. 15, 20 seconds delay between shooters being on the line. Uh, and it actually worked well for once, uh, incredibly well, especially for considering we had six-man squads. Sorry, six-person squads. We can't just say man anymore because we're... Um, yeah, we had a bit of a backup, backup on the hill for a while, which I thought we wouldn't get, but we did. So. Oh, did you? Mm. Oh, that's... I didn't see it. Stage, just, stage, I'm admit... stage two ended up with people sitting around for a while, but that, and I sort of couldn't... Cause I, the long walk there and back, I thought would always be fine. So I wonder also it's just because the competitors kind of had to climb down the hill a little bit, so they were to stand up top. Yeah. Make their way down. Anyway, but other than that, like we no, no. finished it at really reasonably. No, and hour. even going forward to the Sunday, we we never had anyone behind us or in front of us, so we, you know. No, so it was yeah that that was really good because it was a big day. It was a lot of competitors. All right. Um, Moving through and, the results, so Ian won open and. Michael did well and for the Saturday. <coughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So Ian, Ian coming up. So sorry, obviously uh, classes we had uh, open, practical, and hunter. So hunters um, rifles under sort of um, five kilos, uh, sort of basic setups, right? Your hunting setups rather than uh, full race guns. Yeah. Practical and open, uh, very similar classes, albeit open is allowed tripods. Yeah. Any rear bags, they're allowed a backpack that can be used as part of their shooting kit. Uh, impractical, which is sort of our tr- uh, class of choice, you're limited to a bipod, a sling, and a small rear bag, and that's it. You're not allowed to use your day pack um, as your as a pillow or anything. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Ian Hughes, uh, he topped out on the Saturday. So he posted a good score, which was not beaten on Sunday. Yes. Saying. So so again, I should mention Sunday scores are collated against Saturday. So. Um, me and Mark competed on Sunday, but our scores were directly compared to Saturday's scores in practical class. So that just, if you wonder how we, what we're yarning on about. So yeah, Ian, uh, he did pretty good. He came out with a high score, which was not beaten on Sunday. Uh, Michael Wilkie, uh, who's been on fire this year, he's uh, he posted a smoking score, which, smoking hot which, score, which a seventy-one percent. Yeah, it was basically 214 points, if I remember correctly. Out, out of 360? Out of, I, don't think it was, I don't think it was 300. Well, anyway, whatever, out of whatever, the three, you know, that many mm. points, I was like, well, that's probably 
going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah, and then Sam O'Connor was only like a percent or two behind him too. So. Seven, seven points behind. Wow, so, so those, so those young guys. Another guy over 200. So yeah, I was like, I was thinking, well, <clears throat> maybe I'll get third if I'm really, 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 really lucky. And I was. So, and then, and then in Hunter, of course, <clears throat> Simon posted a pretty good score, but Eben was right behind him. One hit behind him, I believe. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. real close, but very high percentage as well. So that that was sort of Saturday. Um, which I guess... also one thing we should mention before we move on to Saturday, we had the ladies. Yeah. So we had five, five. Yeah. Uh, females competing on Saturday, and, and luckily they're all on Saturday, so we we're able to um, award. We had a top ladies trophy. Uh, we had to sort of figure out how to do that later on because half were in practical and half were in uh, yeah. hunter. But um, yeah, man, to see that many ladies along is uh, pretty awesome. We you're usually lucky if we have one. Um, it's definitely the most I've seen at any of the North Island events, um, including the twenty two matches. So yeah, um, good to see. Hopefully, we see more of it. We want to encourage it, um, guys, to sort of bring their wives or or if girls want to do it and get into it. There's no reason they can't. Um, I mean, you can even ring us up and and we can um, you know, give you some advice. Probably not good advice, but um. Yeah, really cool. So obviously, my wife shot. Uh, a friend of mine, she shot, um, and then and then several uh, wives also. It was good. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool actually. And they didn't do half bad either. The ladies, they definitely uh, definitely weren't. Yeah, uh, they were holding their own against the guys, which is good to see. Um, there's there's no reason they can't be um, just as good, if not better. Um, really, they should be better because they pay attention far better to us. Uh, better at, you know <laughs> what I mean so whatever um, watch this space with the lady shooters anyway I wouldn't be surprised if they're uh, some top 10 and practical in the next couple of years um, obviously my friend Kat she won the top lady um, which was pretty awesome she was pretty stoked with that and uh, yeah I, I think as long as we still get the, the numbers along we'll keep doing a top lady award I, I think it's um, a positive thing to do um, you know uh yeah. Any any comments on the uh, amount of amount of lady shooters? Yeah. Appropriate comments, Mark. No, it was good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, just limited, no, it was good. Limited what I can say. You can probably take out <laughs> nine out of my ten responses. So <clears throat> no, it was uh, it was good to see, um, and they were all pretty competitive and ready to go. So yeah, they. Had, that's good. Then we're just mm. sort of um, making up numbers. Yeah, no, that is good. Um, anyway, so that sort of topped out our Saturday. We were pretty happy with how it went. Uh, we done a little bit of um, had a bit of a, a social play at the mile with some of the guys who were staying again on Saturday night. Yeah, which is good fun. Everyone was slapping the mile, um, which is cool, including a few of our friends who hadn't done it before. Yeah, um, and then so we retired to the hut uh, for dinner. And for uh, a bit of socialising. Um, and then at about bang on 9pm, I got informed, a message. You informed your slave Angus to cook dinner again for you? Yeah, Angus cooked us another mean feed. Man, he's always welcome, mate, when we're staying around. Cause he, God, I didn't know that you put salt and pepper on eggs. God, that's nice. Everyone's going to laugh at that, but God, that's nice. And he cooks steak like a pro. Whew. Anyway, anyway. It's a good barbecue, that 100 buck one. Yeah, Ang- Angus cooking aside, which is one of the highlights of the weekend. 
Um, we, as all of you know, we all entered level two again for uh, slash three for Auckland. Slash three for our Auckland friends. So uh, this uh, threw a major spanner in our works um, on how Sunday was going to proceed. Um, so Simon and I had talked about this previously, um, luckily, um, and sort of talked over rough ideas on, on how we would execute the event. Um, Simon um, having some pretty good ideas. So uh, I find out 9 a, uh, nine p.m. Everyone's hollering and laughing, having a good time around me, and I just start trying to figure out what to do. Uh, we made a plan on how we'd uh, execute the Sunday. Um, we had to send out a, a Obviously, I had to communicate with my wife who was at home, send out a message, email, or message everyone how we were going to proceed on the Sunday for those people who weren't there yet. So that got sent out. So what we had to do was, I was to be honest, I was in a bit of a panic over it. Um, Don't know how, if it, <laughs> we, we know now it went well, but I just, you know, <laughs> so under level two, we're about 100 people, and there's not actually that many rules, apart from we have to contract trace, but... We wanted, we didn't want to be the event that spread COVID around New Zealand again because it would be the last thing. First of all, I don't want to do that. Second of all, the last thing shooting sports needs is um, to be the centre of attention and something that um, uh, can crash the economy and kill people. So um, so what we did is a we had people. a few people. Yeah, anyway, let's not go into the minutiae of how people feel about COVID, but <laughs> we, we had to do what we had to do, right? So... What we had is, as, as Mark was nice enough, he went to the bottom of Toy Road and as people turned up, he told them what we we're going to do. As they got to the top of the driveway for registration, we obviously didn't want them all handling the paperwork, right? So we had um, Carl was taking names, writing down emails, um, and also regions. And so what happened is we were then, we'd marked out in the paddock car parks for regions. And so we had like the Waikato, we had Taranaki, we already had some people from Auckland, so we semi-quarantined them because they sort of hadn't hung out with anyone. We had bad plenty, we had a bunch of different areas. And then we also had people who had been mingling for, th for two or three days. So we had um, four squads of what were pre-existing mingle squads or something. So we had to sort of sort everyone out. And we then, for the safety briefing, we painted squad numbers on the ground and then I'd bring up these new squads because we were obviously the pre-existing squads weren't, wouldn't work anymore and they got stood in the area and then we had the safety briefing um obviously with a bit of social distancing the squads and the idea being that we'd keep contact to a minimum between squads um or not at all if, if we could so it was a bit of a drama but it, with all the guys and um Simon and everyone, we, we actually made it work pretty well, the COVID response. Um, like I said, we went above and beyond what we're legally required to do, but we didn't want to, uh, we didn't want to fuck that up, to be completely honest. So we split the squads up, and, and that was quite hard, though, because everyone likes to yarn to each other, so we sort of just make sure squads, if they're going to talk, that they sort of stayed several metres apart and then, then yapped and, or, or didn't come in and put their guns with everyone else's guns before the stage if they're waiting um, and, and everyone respected it pretty well um, like i said people have their own feelings on on the current pandemic uh, that's fine i'm not going to tell anyone how to think but um we just had to do what we had to do uh, and then once we got that all out of the way with what was expected of people and how we were going to do it um 
it flowed pretty good this Sunday, didn't it? So you and I, this was the difference though. Um, myself and Mark were, sorry, Mark and myself were competing rather than um, match directing or ROing. So uh, Simon Gillis took over match director for the day, um, which I, I thank him a lot for because it, it gave uh, me an opportunity to shoot the event. And then um, we had the Muddy Waters guys, they volunteered to help RO. Um, and yeah, so, and obviously Carl and that. So uh, we got to compete at Ahatiti for the first time, which was so much fun. And um, and we got to compete against each other because we've been quite competitive for the last six months and you've been kicking my ass constantly. So um, I was lucky enough to have a better day than Mark by a little bit. Um, which I, I thought you might have had me to be honest when I heard how confident you were at the end of the day. No. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up. Uh, so you ended up fifth. Yeah. Uh, I ended up. One hundred and sixty-one. Okay, let's rephrase this. You ended up second on Sunday. This sounds way better. This no, way. Third. Oh shit. Okay. So oh, I did West beat you? Yeah, yeah, I was third on Sunday. Yeah, and I was first on Sunday. Yeah. Yes, but because the points get combined with Saturday, yeah. it put me in third yeah. overall for practical class, and it put Mark in fifth, which is still respectable scores. There was 40 competitors in practical class over two days, which is... Uh, so I was happy with fifth out of 40. Definitely. Yeah, that's good, man. And um, I, I was... Those of you listen to the podcast, follow what... Um, I do what Mark does and all that. I've been having a shocker, be it. Uh, the only match I've sort of since COVID done well in was the first, there's a practical 22 match end of last year. Yeah. Um, and I got third and then and then it was just downhill from there, man. Um, and, and most of it, a few little mechanical issues and stupid, but, but my own fault, but then just headspace and not thinking clearly and completely just, doubt, doubting your choice of rifle and caliber things like that just yeah just just stupid just stupid stuff and and wanting to throw it all in but we made it stay <laughs> yeah, yeah i was gonna give it up and take up knitting i was i was about ready to ha- to sign over trs to mark right that's how bad it got because you're no no being <laughs> defeated by a backcountry hick by a backcountry farmer um no no so oh, i'm happy my friends are doing well that's good but i I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to perform. Yeah. Uh, like obviously, I do a lot of stuff online, and a lot of people know what what we do here, and people and people expect me to do really well. And then on the day, man, I was just I was just turned to shit. And then I'd shoot the next day when it didn't count, and I'd, I'd post incredibly good scores. And so yeah. that pressure was getting to me. Um, and then stupid admin mistakes as well, and, and all combining. And so I, I went into this event. I tried to stay calm. I tried to have a plan, uh, and I tried not to overthink. And you know, yeah, and, and it, it worked out pretty well. I posted. I didn't. What did I get? Sixty-five, seventy percent. What did I get? Sixty-five. Your score was in the one nineties, so you were over seventy. Yeah, which is actually an incredible score. Just... Not to toot my own horn, that's an incredible <laughs> that's an score. Incredible score. No, it is. It I, is. If uh, I should say so myself. <laughs> Like, if that was you, I'd be congratulating you. It's pretty good. Mark. It's pretty good. No, no, it is. And I surprised myself. But I, I see, I know I can shoot, right? But it was just, it's, it was putting it all together on the day. I 
I didn't have my camera out. I wasn't trying to do social media photography. I just concentrated on the match. Obviously, there's a few um, uh, things I had to deal with with squads around us um, uh, having questions and the like. But yeah, it went well. I think every stage I shot more than 50% on, quite a bit more, apart from the longs where I got a big fat zero. I'll repeat it um, again, Graham. If I think if you start well and go okay through the middle section, then I think you build towards the end. It's the same thing. If mm. you start poorly, you just, oh yeah, well, you, you sort of clock out for the day. I mean, not you. Yeah, you in particular, I'm saying anyone. No, you write it off, don't you? Um, so I think if you have a, a good, a bit of, you know, luck and get on the right stage early, away you go. It tends to fill in, and as I said, on fear, if I if I really have a key factor of pretty low expectations, I do shoot well up better. So if I've got no pressure on myself, it's e- heaps easier. So mm. it's just yeah, the way it works. Yeah, it's it's been interesting just trying to keep myself um, calm and 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 the plan calm, you know, because I mean you've got like you, so when I shot the long range stage. Uh, so this is where this is where it all nearly turned to custard, right? So did you visualize like this five years later, still me beating you, and you just yeah shaking your head, going, <laughs> "What am I doing? What am I doing wrong?" Um, you can start teaching me how to shoot. Um, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. So I don't know the, why or how I shoot, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> um, so anyway, long range stage, we head up there. I do all my data, I read the wind using Kestrel, and it's telling me about a mill of wind. Okay, and then everyone on the stage before me, they're all going, no, no, it's two mils of wind, and uh, three mils of wind. I'm thinking, oh, shit, there must be, I must not be seeing something out there, because I know you get a bit more past 1,000 metre ridge and and all of that. Um, But anyway, so I'm shooting, I've got a couple, I think I have a mill dialed on, and then I, was, I ended up holding like another two or something, something stupid. And then on my last two shots, they go, oh, you're ready, ready, you're by the, the ID marker, which is two mil to the left, right? And so, and my elevation was fine. And what I was doing, I was actually trying to alter my elevation here and there and see if I could spot something. But so if I had a trust in my data, I may have actually been close enough to the target to see a miss and then correct and potentially get some points. Um, but I, I let what was going on in front of me distract me, if that makes sense. And um, yeah, and that really cost me for sure. And then when I came out of the stage, I was quite frustrated at myself for doing that. And I was frustrated that I just dropped a huge stack of points. Like coming out with a zero is not good for the score, right? And then yeah, it's a, massive, just, it's a massively hard stage to score well. So I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but then I um, I just had to, I essentially just calmed myself down. I just had to breathe and move on from it. And then uh, I did not do bad on the next stage, which was my final stage of the day. Um, but it was just like saying not, yeah, not letting it get on top of you and then try and make it up somewhere else, I guess. Um, so, so to be honest, to come out with a, a zero on stage, um, the long range stage and then still end up with a podium finish, I was, I was pretty happy with. Um, albeit, for me to beat second and third, I would have had to shot 
quite a few of those long range targets perfectly. So it was a big ask regardless. Um, those mm. those two guys are, are pretty good. So yeah, no, if you hadn't zero at that stage, and say you got half the points, it would have put you up into second. So mm. <clears throat> that's all right though. I'm I'm super happy with third man. That's my best result ever. Um, oh. As it's been pointed out to me, we had to make I had to make my own competition to do well. So that's enough but, um, of you. What about, what about Michael? What's he? What does he shoot? A ticker, I believe. Oh yeah. With a hardy barrel. Yeah. And a loophole optic. Yeah. No, he's doing awesomely well. It's just he is one of in the North Island at the moment. I'd put him as up there with Ian Hughes. Obviously, Ian can, <laughs> usually competes in the open class, so it's hard to we don't really compare, count, but... We don't count Ian anymore because he's he's you know <laughs> too good. No, no, but... by default. <clears throat> But so Michael, actually Michael beat Ian at um, uh, Ashurst. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'd I'd put them neck and neck with each other. Yeah. Um, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, it's actually cool to see some of the young guys, um, younger guys, starting to do well too, rather than just the uh, old dogs. Um, God, Ian's not that old. I was talking about you. Ageist. <laughs> oh me. Yeah. Oh you, <laughs> you, you, you've got a Browning vest for fuck's sake. <laughs> True. And, a, and the matching backpack. It's fun. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I shouldn't. I like I like the camo. I do. Um, but but yeah. So Michael, um, I'd put him up there. Um, as one of our the North Island's current uh, top performers for sure. He's uh, I'm talking to him a lot. He's got a huge um, a huge uh, sort of concentration on the fundamentals. On body positioning, on, on on being square to the rifle, on trigger control. I don't think I've seen uh, him shoot, so yeah, be interesting. So he so he actually shot again on the Sunday. Yeah. And this was one of the highlights of the whole weekend for me. He shot his number four T, which is a Second World War um, sniper rifle. Um, it's a three hundred three number four. Yeah. In the hunter class, which was so cool. So I and I'm, I put him in the squad with me purely so I could watch him. Yeah, um, I was quite selfish about that, um, but man, it was a real treat. I've, I've got some really cool photos. I'll put them out online. Um, I'll put them on the podcast page. You'll probably turn a long way shooting as well. Um, like that out of the trench and on the hill, it was just built for that gun. You know, it's just so good looking. Yeah, and he was nice enough to let um, some of the boys, some of the Taranaki Long Range team, have a bit of a play in, at the end of the uh, Sunday. Um, I, I heard him offer uh, Carl a turn and I, I heard I heard Angus in the background, me too, and run, just rush forward and, and push his way in to have a turn on it. But I, I don't blame him. It's um yeah, it's pretty cool if you're into that old stuff. But uh, but anyway, you'll 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 see some pictures of that somewhere. All right, but that's, yeah, it's a good way to wrap it up. Excellent. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was it was other than that we good. We and then obviously prize giving. Uh, I had to post. Michael was still there, so he got his trophy. I posted the trophy down to Ian at Hardy, and no doubt you've seen yep. the pictures on their social media so, already. Simon to got Ian, his trophy. Michael and Simon. And, Simon, uh, yeah. Kat. So, and Cat, and, and the long range winners. And long range winners. Great weekend. Yeah, it was. It was good. It went. It went well for for our first big multi day event. Instead of trying two days, we thought we'd go straight to three. Um, I think it went well. Uh, I need to thank, obviously, you, Mark. Um, for moving oh, stock. Please and... don't. No, that's fine. No, no. You, I, you, how many acres is that main part we use? It's a big bit of land, you know. And you've got to move all the stock and juggle that around. And um, hundred hectares, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a lot to move. And um, 
yeah, and obviously accommodating us with trenches and all that stuff. And then... Hey, that's the first time I'd operated a digger, so it's good. It is not bad. There, there was some talk of making that stage harder, but we'll... Uh, and stage two, but we'll, we'll cover that in a later podcast. Dig it um, No, dig a, dig a track out the back of the trench, so you shoot it the same, but have a dash it out the back of it. <laughs> no. To make no, it even harder. No, no. Oh, no, no. Climb, well, you will, I'll work up. Put a, la- <laughs> put a ladder in it and climb out of it. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Run, um, run towards the enemy with a... <laughs> <bang it. laughs> um, yeah, we, we want to force more World War One stages in our shoots. Um, no, no. But, um, but no, again, thank, thank, we need to thank you and, and, and your family. And then also a big thanks to um, Gillis Practical Rifle Events, both um, yeah. not just Simon, but Malcolm, Gemma, and then some of his volunteers like Calvin and stuff, um, putting in the work, uh, helping us out. Um, Malcolm climbed Mount Doom twice on Saturday, taking photos for us. Uh, so, you know, Simon, with all his work with helping with targets and yeah. uh, the planning of the match, that's that's he doesn't get enough credit for this event. I, I, I feel bad. We, we get thanked for a lot, not him. Uh, so we, I need to emphasize his help and his input. Um, like I said earlier, he's the guru. Um, sort of we're the apprentices when it comes to this stuff. Um, yeah, man, like it. And then also one, I, easy to, um, I, I don't want to gloss over them either. Is, is all the sort of our team, our volunteers, you know, Leon, Scotty, Carl, Angus, and all those guys who, um, I'm sorry, I'm missing a look heaps. Uh, Phoebe, Muddy Waters guys, yeah, yeah, Hamish and um, Harold from Muddy Waters. It's it's a lot of people come together to help things move and yeah. like the girls cooking and Phoebe doing admin and um, just it's 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 half a hundred things that happen in the background that people don't realise and you take it for for granted. You just grab a sausage or a, or a drink and wander off and talk and but there's actually been days of planning and getting that barbecue going and. Um, having all the food there and stopping it spoiling in the sun and uh, imagine trying uh, to do that nationally over a series of events god that'd be hard that'd be a nightmare <laughs> but yeah so so uh, the, the um and uh, i had a little bit of money left in the budget i, I bought the um all the ladies a voucher for a um a massage and stuff and had a beautiful <laughs> girls thing like some girls graham bishop massage <laughs> one massage token <laughs> Yeah, so I'm yeah, so I'm going to court over that. Um, <clears throat> no, no, but yeah, just to say thanks. Police um, will be knocking on your door shortly. Because <laughs> like the the other guys, they they volunteer and they put in all the work, but they also we generally try to let them shoot one day. Not let them, we they get to shoot one day. Um, but for the girls, they're just giving up their time, and um, I'm sure they've got far better things to do than hang out with a bunch of weird bearded dudes in the hills. But um, yeah, so thanks everyone who made it happen. Um, and thanks Swarovski again, Swarovski New Zealand, and um, yeah, any, any anything from you, Mark, before we wrap up? No, no, just um, look forward to catching up with people again next time, so uh, middle of the year probably, so. Mm, when it's raining. Yeah, hopefully it's mm-hmm. a dry June, I think it's June, is it? did we say June? Yeah, yep. June or July, somewhere. June or July, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. No, no, all good. All right, thanks everyone. That was episode ten. More ramblings of two odd, yeah, country folk. With Next guns. time we'll talk about our budget builds we've actually done. So yes, we've got some budget builds underway, and uh, we might have actually shot them by then. So it'll be good. Right cool. On. All right. See you later, everyone.